If you've ever said, I don't like or understand social media, this is the podcast for you. I have an amazing guest, a new friend, and I've gone international, y'all. She's from Canada. Michaela is a social media strategist and certified life coach who helps creatives, entrepreneurs, and nonprofit organizations grow their online presence and make an impact on their audience through connection and story-based marketing. She is currently a master's of science social psychology candidate with research focused on how beliefs and attitudes translate to behavior. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. We are going to be talking about just all things consistency and authenticity on social media. And a lot of the questions that are probably causing you not to like it or use social media will be answered today. So hang tight. I'm excited for you to hear. Welcome to the CEO Mindset Podcast. Whether you're the CEO of your life, your profession, or your business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and this podcast is the number one place to get tips and techniques for working smarter, not harder, using personal branding and authenticity. Now, hit the subscribe button, be prepared to leave a comment or review, and let's get started with today's topic. All right. All right, guys, I am so happy to have Michaela Victoria. We met on Instagram. I liked something she had. She commented on something I did. And then I jumped in her DMs and was like, hey, girl, what's up? (laughs) Get this thing rolling. And so that is how our relationship blossomed. And now she's here on the podcast. So thank you again for being here, Michaela. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I am so excited to talk to you today because initially when I saw you, I was thinking about myself, my business and where I was and some of the things I was lacking to achieve my own goals for my business. And it was something in your um, post that made me think, oh, she's probably somebody I need to talk to and figure out. (laughs) And I mean, it's just really indicative of what we should be doing on social media anyway. Like that's the whole point is when you see someone that can potentially help you in your business, don't hesitate to reach out to them in a DM and say, hey, you know, I'd like to talk with you sort of off camera or off Instagram or social media and find out how we can work together. So um, that's the first lesson that I want everyone to take away from this podcast is that don't be afraid to reach out because great things can happen, which is why you're here on my show. 100%. <laughs> so um, you are um, you are a life coach and you help people with social media content and you, um, one of the, the very first few words on your website talk about showing up consistently and authentically mm-hmm. on social media to get leads and convert. And I've been saying that for a lifetime, you know, you really have to be, you know, clarity, consistency, and authenticity is like a tag that I've used for years. But I want to know from you, um, why do you think, because I don't think people understand the why behind this, like why be consistent, why be authentic? So why do you think this is so valuable? Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to like small businesses, entrepreneurs, personal brands online, you know, we live in an era where there is such an information overload. There's no lack of information and people are overwhelmed with that. And people are so overwhelmed with it that connection is actually one of the most valuable tools and assets that you can leverage in order to grow your business. You know, for almost every service or product out there, there's likely like thousands of people 
offering the same thing, vying for the attention of the same audience or the same customer. So, you know, information and competency is actually like the bare minimum now, you know, so it's not enough to know what you're talking about. It's not enough to be competent in your field. You know, from my experience, authenticity, which is like the quality and the consistency, which is like the quantity or the number of touch points or the frequency of the touch points is actually what's going to tip the scales for any particular brand online. So people really want to be able to identify with you and to feel good about choosing you specifically, because that's what actually makes the difference when so much of the information and so many of the products out there are very similar. That is, that is so true. So very true because the consistency is building up the the reputation right mm-hmm. so when you're consistent it, it allows your reputation to grow because more people see it they see the consistency so they would go and tell people you know hey you know you should watch her you should do this that's how referrals happen and then once right. the re- once your um reputation is built then those relationships can start being built and growing which is like we on this podcast it's that's kind of how that happened. Like you're consistently yeah. on social media. I stumbled upon you. I wanted to <laughs> you. I am that crazy person. that's like stalking. <laughs> I love you. I do. <laughs> we are a great fit. I'm so glad that we connected. <laughs> well, every once in a while that happens. They don't, they're not afraid of your stalking people. You can get that. But yeah. And then you have this relationship and then rapport forms and that rapport is where collaborations can happen because now there's a trust and like you're on my podcast, I'm going to be on your podcast. We're collaborating on a project behind the scenes. I'll be it to help me in my business, but you know, we'll get to hers <laughs> later. But <laughs> there is still that thing that's happening as a result of you being consistent and building that reputation for yourself. I, I love that that's one of the first things you say on your website, because that just shows how important that is for us to, to start our business. Yeah, it is too. And I think when it comes to consistency, I think it's important to also like flesh that out a little bit. So it's not just consistency. There's two parts to it. One is consistency as in what I said, the frequency of the touch points. So are you being consistent in putting your content out there in various ways? It doesn't have to be the same way all the time, but you know, if you have a podcast, if you have a social media account, are you consistently producing and publishing content for people to find? And the second part of that is, are you consistent in your character and in the quality of who you are and of your personal brand? I mean, this is what personal branding is all about. And this is your zone of genius, right? It's like, do people know what they're going to get when they, you know, go into your pipeline and your funnel far enough that they want to work with you? Or are they going to yeah. be surprised by something? Right. So and I think that this is really important. Comes in exactly. Because, because if you're being yourself 100% of the time, then you're consistently showing up 100% of the time. It's yes. not until we try to, to be someone else or do it the way someone else is doing it and we're not authentic to ourselves in doing so that we break the consistency because that's where the the, like inside like you mentioned the sales funnel it's got to be consistent all the way through your 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 narrative or the tonality of your voice in your comments and captions and videos you can't have a difference in like mm-hmm. the way you speak, like in one minute, you're like joking. And the next minute, you're all very stoic as you're <laughs> like 
no one's going to believe that, you know, that, what are you going to get? Like, if I call you up to get your help, which one of those people am I going to get? Exactly. So, authenticity is another variable of the consistency. 100%. I love it. Yeah, great. Okay. So moving on, because we got to get to like your wheelhouse and you, um, <laughs> you're like, I want to hear about everything you have to say, because, you know, I'm a sponge and I just like soaking stuff up. So in your opinion, what are some of the most common mistakes? Like we've talked about people being consistent and using their authenticity, mm-hmm. but what are some of the common mistakes that people are making when posting on social media? The first mistake that I see that's very common is not posting at all because if you've decided that you want social media to be a part of your strategy, you're committed to doing it and you see people doing it, you know that it can work for you, you feel like you kind of want to join the party. When you're not posting or engaging consistently, it's most likely a time or a mindset issue is most common. Mm -hmm. So um, the time piece is that people are either overwhelmed with like the meat and potatoes of their business. They're in the weeds. They're in their business. They feel like they're not prioritizing actually publishing content. Um, And they're pulling time away from that social media marketing component to focus on other business activities which is valid. And this is very common with new entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and, you know, like one person show type of deal. Um, But what you need to do is recalibrate and figure out how to put more time towards actually committing to posting and creating content and publishing that. Right. And the second reason why this could be is that it's a mindset issue. So if you have the time and you know it's in your calendar and for whatever reason you're procrastinating, you're putting it off, you're doing whatever this and that, um, it's likely like a mindset thing or limiting belief occurring under the surface that's blocking you from really being you know, vulnerable, authentic, crafting that hard hitting content and taking the action that you need to take to actually put it out there. That is so, so good. Mistake number one. Okay. Mistake number two, Uh, trying to come up with something new to post all the time. Okay. So obviously new content is great. People want fresh things. It's, it's important to be current and there's nothing wrong with like having a fresh take or a new and original idea or a new answer to a question that's coming up um, in your business or with your audience or commentary on like trends or, or anything like that. But many people fall into the thinking that every single post has to be like 100% different than anything that they've ever posted before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're scared of being redundant or repetitive or annoying or whatever those limiting beliefs are that we talked about earlier. Those kind of get under your skin and make you feel stuck because you're like, well, I already posted that last week. Mm -hmm. But the reality is only a small percentage, like I think the number is between one and 3% of your followers are actually even seeing your content in the feed, right? And and even then it takes multiple exposures to, to a message for that message to like really be rooted in. And people like to be reminded of something. I like seeing things over and over Mm -hmm, again when mm -hmm. they inspire me because then I remember them. And so repurposing your content And, you know, you can repackage it, you can have a different call to action, you can put different spins on it, but like the essence of the content, repurposing that is not only going to save you time, but it is going to help you have a bigger impact with your messaging and really help to like cement your brand in the minds Mm -hmm. of your ideal customers. 
I love that. That is so true. And, and the, the fact that when you um, repurpose your content, you mentioned like you can repackage it and everything. And I think that's kind of where people get stuck too, because they think that it had like, when you say repurpose, they think it means you got to use, you have to use the same image. You have to post it at the same, the same time. It has the same yeah. caption. And, and I love that you said the essence of what you're saying is true for me. Um, my friends make fun of me because they, I have one friend that's like the Patrick Bible, just it's always in the Patrick Bible because you have so much content. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized I don't have to keep reinventing the wheel and creating things. I have like enough content and I've been told you have enough content, please stop creating content. Like that's totally. been said to me more than one time. So what you do or what I do is it just makes it so easy to answer questions, to do speaking mm -hmm. engagements, because the essence of what I'm saying doesn't change. The application mm -hmm. of it might change given whatever circumstances I'm coaching on, but the essence yes. of it, the principles of it, they don't change. And so you don't have to figure out a new, like bright idea. The bright totally. idea you had that started your business is the bright enough of an idea now how can you apply that in different situations but you can speak intelligently on it no matter what the circumstances because you're talking about the essence so the Absolutely. picture might change right like we might decide oh to, to to make this point i might have a picture of a family walking on a beach mm -hmm. but then next week i'll have the exact same caption but i'm going to make the point with now you know, I am sailing on a yacht or it'll be a duck on a river or something like that, yeah, you know, no, but the essence 100%. is the same. Yeah. And if I could just actually go on a slight tangent, because sure. I, something that you said just now really made a good point is you said, you know, the essence is the same, but you can apply it in different ways. And this is actually for anyone who's struggling to sell their services online. This is kind of like your unique selling proposition is, you know, I can give you all of this information, but only when we work together one-on-one, -on -one can I look at the nitty gritty of what you're doing and help you apply it specifically to what you're doing. Right. 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 So this is the thing about information. It's all available and it's all good to publish and you can repurpose it and people can consume it and know they can take the essence of it and think, okay, this is really good. And then the next step is, how do I now integrate that into my business? And if I need support around that, then that's when you take the next step. And that's what really makes the difference. And you know, that works on the flip side of that coin too. So as a service provider, I know that there's, like you said at the beginning, tons of people do what I do, right? But the essence, my perspective on it is different. So as we all learn differently, you may hear what I'm saying from someone else like say you take a course, like you you take a webinar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about, this is kind of one of my pet peeves is you have people on this webinar and they tell you, oh, you know, to do this, you just have to be yourself. Like you can market this. This is how you market it. Just make sure you're being yourself when you do that, right? Well, people don't know how to be themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but they don't know how to be themselves because they're so busy trying to achieve what they see someone else achieving. They have to think they have, they need to do it that way. So yeah. On the flip side of what you just said, as the person receiving the information, you need to recognize that you shouldn't not work with someone because you think you have the answer or you think you can just go get 
a piece of it in a webinar mm-hmm. and DIY it yourself because you don't know how to apply it because it's not, yeah. you haven't found the thing for you. So I love that you said that on the service provider piece, because that's right. We do have to, like the essence of what we're doing could be, you could keep that the same, but how you apply it on your content is how you repurpose that same thing. But on the flip side of someone receiving it, you need to understand that sometimes you have to figure out how to apply it. It's not that you don't know. Like I have that issue myself. I know what to do. I know the principles of this and the principles of that. I understand the theory. It is the application of the theory that I have to step outside of what I know to be true and go get a coach or to go get someone to help me. I need that third or that second brain to help me apply the knowledge I have. Yeah. Accountability and someone to help you see what you can't see your blind Mm -hmm. spots. Everybody has them. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, okay. So the two mistakes, there's one more mistake that is in my brain for posting on social media and it's not engaging after you post. So Mm. we call this the post and ghost and we've all been guilty of it. I'm sure (laughs) in the past, Um, But it's this, it's this um, idea of just like throwing content out there and then just like not ever really engaging after that. And so, you know, when people take the time to comment, especially if you've asked them to comment or like, you know, drop this below in the comments, if you feel this way or share with me this, you know, that takes an amount of effort that's actually not insignificant, you know, in the grand scheme of your lead generation and, you know, the likelihood of them taking further action towards your services, the fact that they took the time to like write something and yes. think about something to write on your post, like that's important, right? So responding to those comments, like personally, thoughtfully acknowledging them is a really easy thing to do doesn't take a lot of time and it's a critical part of delighting your audience you know like people people really crave especially nowadays being seen and acknowledged Mm -hmm. and heard right so that's like a small thing that you can do that sometimes people neglect because again it seems like because it's a small thing it doesn't make that much of a difference but it totally does you know where that I found to be the most so important is on inside of a Facebook group Mm-hmm. because um, when you, when I post inside my Facebook group, I've noticed that number one, I can tag people inside the group on a post, right? So that makes sure that they see it. But sometimes people just need that first comment. Like, like for what I'm saying is I can't just post inside my Facebook group and expect people to come in and comment on the discussion piece. I've found that I have to post and then I have to make the first comment so that people mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, someone's commented and then I, they'll respond to my comment. So it doesn't yeah. seem so salesy. And I think I found that to be true too on, um, on, on Instagram when I post something, I, you do have to sort of hang out just a second or keep checking back. Yeah. Um, if you're notified, you know, check your notifications to see if someone comments it or see, and sometimes if people like it even, I might mm-hmm. even go into the likes and be like, you like that? Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, yeah. You know, and just commenting to them inside their DM so that they know it's okay to engage with me. I'm not like just throwing this out here trying to sell you something, but I kind of want to talk to you about it. What are you thinking? You know? Yeah, for sure. And the thing is like, it's all genuine, you know, mm-hmm. like when you, when you post something from a place of authenticity and being excited about your services, like when people respond to that, it's like, Hey, like, yes. how's it? like, thank you. Like I genuinely appreciate 
you engaging, like what's up, let's connect, let's be, so it's not like, it's not fake. Like even if, you know, your business grows and you have a team that engages in this for you, whatever, like it's all genuine. You are genuinely happy that someone has taken the time to come into your little real estate on the internet and like your stuff, right? And the people that do that are all people who like you already. I think people forget this, you know, like when someone reaches out to like a comment, to like a post or comment on a post, they like you. So you're not like bothering them by responding or like sending them a message of appreciation. It's like, Hey, like I've attracted you to my brand or my business or my personality. It's so like, we're going to chat. Like, it's like talking to someone at an event or whatever. And so I think that's, people are not as scary as you think. Right. Right. Yeah. Just trust that people that are you know, following you, engaging with your stuff, want to hear from you, trust that. And then, you know, those relationships will follow naturally. I think that's true. And that takes me to this next question, because I think it's also an issue that people or or the the people, entrepreneurs struggle with. And that is the disconnect between the idea of being an entrepreneur and then how they approach the way they share that brand with the world Mm -hmm. And their use of authenticity. So there's a, there's a disconnect. Like they don't feel like they can be themselves because they have a business and they have to project a certain, you know, presence to appear credible or, um, you know, to appear um, competent. And that's not necessarily the right way to look at it if we're, if we're talking about it. So there's a disconnect there. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. And I, from the perspective of, you know, the kind of field that we're in, you know, entrepreneurs, online brands, personal Mm -hmm. brands, consultants, Mm -hmm. you know, single service providers, Mm -hmm. I feel like you really have to have a conversation with yourself about um, the type of business you want to run or the type of business you're running. If you feel like you actually can't be yourself. You know, so that's point number one, you know, like that, that's a hard conversation you need to have with yourself because it's not like you're working for a company that requires you to look a certain way. It's your business, right? So why, that's an important question to ask yourself is why it needs to look like something that's uncomfortable for you to do. You have the decision to, you have the choice to change that. Um, So that's one part of it. And the second part is that, you know, it's kind of ironic because uh, authenticity is trending, But there is also a tendency for people to think that they have to be authentic in like a specific way or um, authentic in the same way that like someone else is being authentic. You can be yourself. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So like, for example, um, with the reels feature on Instagram, I'm really enjoying like seeing everyone post like their goofy dancing videos and like this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fun and whatever. I enjoy consuming that content. Um, and people might see that and see all these videos that people are making and think that in order to be authentic, like right. that they have to do that or like be someone else's version of authentic. So they have to post their own silly or goofy or fun videos, which is actually like not what they want to do. Like they're forcing themselves into that box because they think like, this is what authenticity looks like, but it's not necessarily Mm. really what authenticity is. It's like figuring out your own values, figuring out your personality, figuring out the things that you feel like you've stuffed down because you think that they're not 
good enough or they're not okay, reconciling yourself to those things, owning them, and then integrating that into your absolutely that is what's going to have like the what you see is what you get impact. And that like, then, you know, there's a saying that says, if you don't lie, you don't have to remember as much, right? So like, if you're yourself all the time, you actually don't have to worry about when you finally jump on a sales call with someone like, okay, like, how do I have to act on this? Because you've been the same the whole time, you know, so you don't necessarily, I mean, alter ego work is kind of a strategy, but you don't necessarily have to be somebody else to be good enough. If that's a strategy you want to use for another purpose, then that's a different thing, but like you can be you. And yes, there is always someone who's going to like you for who you are and think, I didn't think there was anyone out there like that for me. And now I found someone and now I feel more comfortable taking the step to work with someone because like, I get you. They get me. That is exactly right. I said, I say this and I say this and I say this all the time is that you, we do not know how to be ourselves. And that is a perfect example of what that looks like in reality. We, we think we have to be authentic the way we see other people being authentic mm-hmm. and you don't have to be like, there are certain things. Like I, I say, you need to understand your likes, dislikes, and your non-negotiables because that is one of those things. That's an essence yes. that will carry throughout every aspect of your business, how you set your systems up likes, dislikes, Mm non-negotiables, how you decide to work with collaborators, likes, dislikes, Mm non-negotiables, which social media platforms you decide to be on, likes, dislikes, non-negotiables, the type of content you decide to create, likes, dislikes, non-negotiables. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when you have tapped into yourself and like you said, I love reconciles within yourself, what it is, who you truly are, It makes it so much easier for you to leave money on the table, for you to walk away from platforms, for you to do a certain type of content, to speak to a certain group of people, because you're no longer trying to prove anything or sell to anyone else. You're speaking to a certain group because that's who you like and that's who you resonate with and that's Mm -hmm. who you want to serve. And you don't have to feel guilty about that because it's part of your likes. And not doing these other things is part of your dislikes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And not tolerating certain things is part of your non-negotiables. It's kind of simple to walk out that theory. You know, it's simple to apply that. So I love that answer. That was a great, great answer to that question. I just love talking to you because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're so much alike. Um, I know. It's It's like talking to myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Okay. Back to you because you're working with people and you're helping them with their businesses. Uh, where are you seeing some of the biggest need when it comes to social media and content creation? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it might sound simple, but honestly, the biggest need is having a large enough content repository that can be automated and updated as necessary, right? So, I mean, you talk to me about having so much content, you're always creating new content. A lot of people just don't really understand the concept of having that. Like, so you're kind of on the other side of that, but a lot of people don't have that content built up. So one of the biggest pain points I actually hear is like not knowing what to post over and over. And that could be a problem related to, like we said before, thinking like you have to come up with something absolutely 100% new, or it could just be like, you don't really have 
the process and like you haven't taken the time to understand what are the categories that you can talk about? What are your areas of expertise? Making that content, breaking it down into little pieces of content so that you have like 100, 200 pieces of content ready to go. Like, mm -hmm. and building a content library that you can continue to tweak and perfect as you develop your messaging, it's actually gonna solve that problem for you. So it makes you more confident because it you never, have a shortage of things that you can put out there and you can tweak it, but if you have it, then that confidence is already there that you have something to always be publishing. So I was gonna say, that's like one key piece of my one-on-one -on -work. One -on -one work that I do with clients is helping them to actually like figure out what that messaging is, craft their own uh, unique, compelling content, build out that library so that they always have something ready to go. So the question I was going to have to you, where does this repository go? Like, cause mm. like, cause I, I have my systems and I think that's also part of really understanding how you operate best. So you can create these circumstances for optimal success. That's what I call them. But where would you suggest we store this, this repository of, of content so that we have it to go back to and to repurpose. Now I can say, it's funny because I was just looking, <laughs> I have so much, you just have no idea, I have so much. But I was trying to come up with something, I was like, okay, you know, what can I do as an event inside my Facebook group? And I, 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 like, and I tell myself, you, you're not allowed to create anything. What do you already have that can, be, that can be repurposed? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I've got this thing. And we'll do that. And I just got to tweak it a little bit, but then it'll be great for this thing. And so, and I have the way I store things and, and all that, but so what would be your suggestion to someone who maybe they don't have, a, you know, they don't have inventory yet. They, they know they're just now starting out with creating mm -hmm. things, but A, this is not on our question list, but A, what are some types of content that people can create that can start to build them a little inventory? And then B, mm -hmm. once they create that, where or how can they store it to, to have a place to go back to? What are some suggestions for that? Yeah, okay, so great question. The answer is simple. Like there's no, you don't need a complex system. I have a Google spreadsheet, literally, and you just kind of need to get organized you know, create some categories and that's, you know, how you can I call them buckets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Call it your buckets, your, whatever, your zones of genius, mm -hmm. create categories and then start thinking about questions that people might ask about those categories that you have the answers to and start creating content around that. Start telling stories about that. Mm -hmm. Start like giving examples of where you struggled with something like that. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is how you start to build out that content library. And I feel like how to content is the easiest place to start mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if you have a business, or you're a service provider, you're helping someone do something or with something. And the thing, the how-to is like the question that people want to know. And you have the answer to that. So that's where I would suggest starting is how-to. And eventually you'll have different ideas or have different takes on certain things. You'll be able to um, create content more quickly about like things that pop up as trending issues or like commentary on different things that are like coming through the news cycle. And that takes a little bit more practice to be able to respond to those kind of things quickly if you decide you want to. But the how-to never fails, giving people tips and advice, filling the feed with like, you know, it might not be like your stories right away or all these videos or lives right away, but giving people practical things on the things that your audience wants to know the answers to is always a great place to start. I love it. I love it. That's great. Because that's, I think, when we're talking on this podcast and we're talking about having a CEO mindset, these are things that mm -hmm. I think 
create or help to create that CEO mindset, getting us in a space in our heads that we're not just, you know, on a hamster wheel, but there is purpose and intention towards it. And I think you just telling them or telling us that, you know, creating that how-to content, creating a spreadsheet, you know, having buckets or categories that you constantly pull from is part of that. It's like having that intentionality about how you're going to distribute and create your content. That That's so, so very important for us to get. Um, so we talked about that. I think that we just, uh, my next question was how can we mitigate it? But I think that that's definitely the answer to that question is just having that yeah. inventory and how you just explain that to us. Now, since you are, um, I know you're a life coach as well. So you have, you're mm-hmm. kind of approaching this almost like I am from a, um, a just, a, a well-rounded approach to um, uh, promoting your business and, cr- and building mm-hmm. your business. Are there any particular books or resources that you would suggest to someone who um, can sort of get started on this journey? But yeah, so you're right. I have a very holistic approach and um, there's background to why that is, but I, I really believe in feeling good about what you're doing when it comes mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship and not feeling burnt out and not mm-hmm. feeling like, not feeling like you are a slave to yourself essentially. And so I think that um, some of the books that have had the most impact on me, they're more on the person, personal development uh, mm-hmm. side of the business marketing spectrum. So there's a few, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Oh, it's a hard book to read though. I'm going to tell you that is the longest, <laughs> hardest book to read. I've read it, but I will not go back through it. Like I will. I listened back. to it on audiobook at a job that I used to have. Oh, so no, I would do girl, my, I read every <laughs> word of that book. That book is a mile thick. And the writing is so small. (laughs) So you're just like, am I ever, I'm going to be 102 before I finish reading this book. But it's a very good book. So I do, I do agree with you. Very good book. Very good information from all aspects of your business. Not like it it covers the gamut of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that book in particular is I feel like for a lot of people, it's kind of this aha moment where you realize that your life is at, like, it's actually so, your life can look completely different than you're told than it could look, right? And it just, it opens your eyes to the idea that you can do what you want with your time and there's a way to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And it's like the gateway into entrepreneurship for a lot of people. So I really love that book and it is a classic and I love Tim Ferriss's stuff. He's he's a very interesting guy Mm -hmm. and lots Mm -hmm. of useful stuff to share. Um, so there's for our work week, I love the prosperous coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. Uh, Rich Litvin is one of my, like from afar mentors, the guy Mm. just has this minimalist high touch, like high end coaching business model down pat. Mm. And I just, I so admire his approach because he, he's carved his own path. He doesn't, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, following like the typical internet marketing road, but he doesn't mm-hmm. do any of that. And he's still very successful. And so I really appreciate um, what he has to say and Steve Chandler as well. And that's a really great read because the chapters are short, very punchy, really mm-hmm. practical takeaways. That's a really great book. Awesome. Um, whether or not you're a coach, but if you're a service provider, it's good. 
Mm, nice. I love those. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely be taking a peek at that <laughs> second one. I am not going yeah. back through the four hour work week again. I will just like pull out all the stuff that I highlighted yeah. in the book and just be like, yep, that was a good point. That was a good point. But no, the Prosperous Coach is a much easier read. It's much easier. Um, awesome. I love The Slight Edge, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, um, mm, okay. which is about like compounding interest on your efforts, basically. So a little bit of effort oh. every day adds up to way more than if you try to do it all in one day. And a lot of people don't do little things because they it's so easy that they feel like it doesn't matter so like we talked about before with the comments mm -hmm, mm -hmm. little things done consistently big returns yeah big returns. that's a good but, one I'm a, i like that one too yeah um awesome. yeah so those are i mean those are three of my favorite and basically anything by Brene Brown because again another mentor <laughs> from afar uh but the gifts of imperfection is one that I really love it's a great one to start with um okay that's a great little inventory right there a nice little start a nice yeah. little start to someone's <laughs> someone's library. I've got one of them, so I'll definitely be checking out the other three. Okay, so we're down to our last couple of questions. And the first one is, what advice would you give someone with a business idea? Now, I call these think-ups. That's what I call mm -hmm. them. Um, so what advice would you give them for picking the best social media platform for them to promote mm -hmm. their, their idea, their business? Yeah, I love this question. It's a great question. I um, I think that it's like a kind of a 70-30 or like 75-25 combination split of like, A, where's your ideal client most likely to be? And I, you have to think about this question on like a deeper level too. So not just like I don't, not just like on the surface, where do I think like a mom would be, but <laughs> based specifically on your ideal client's specific goals and pain points, where are they likely to be hanging out? So if someone's looking for like, if someone is looking to, um, I don't know, change careers or advance in their career and you're a career coach or you're like, um, you're a personal branding coach for, you know, women in leadership or something like that, where are, where's your ideal client most likely hanging out? I mean, this may or may not be true, but an answer could be like LinkedIn because mm -hmm. they're more on the corporate side of things. They're more professional. They're, they're networking with corporate people and it's less about like the visual imagery and all of that. So that's an example of that. So not just on the surface, but based on their specific goals and their pain points, where are they going to be hanging out and where are they going to be looking for support? Mm -hmm. And the second part of that, so this is like 75%, where's your ideal client? 25% is where are you actually most likely to be showing up consistently? So like you said before, with the likes and dislikes and non-negotiables, if you really don't like to be on a certain social media platform, like that's going to show, yes. you know, like it, yes. it's going to be obvious. Um, so there's kind of either you learn to like it or you learn to engage or you, you commit to, um, you know, adopting the style of communication that fits with that platform or you go to a platform that you're comfortable on and you know even if that it's not like ideal for where your ideal client is you're always better off being somewhere where you're going to show up consistently where you're going to show up authentically and where you're going to want to engage with people so I would recommend um, thinking about it that way and I would also recommend just picking one platform to start with and nailing it before branching out mm. especially if you're like solopreneur, one person show, that kind of thing. It's a lot easier to, my dad used to say to me, you can ride 
three horses well or adequately. You can ride two horses well, or you can ride one horse excellently. So mm. it's always in the back of my mind, ride one horse excellently, pick one platform and master it before you start to repurpose content to other ones. That is such good advice. I love that. And when you were talking about the 75% and knowing where your audience is and who your audience is, I was listening to a podcast by, um, I want to say it was Jenna Kutcher. And she said, when you're, when you're on a platform and you're trying to engage with your audience, define them an inch wide, but go a mile deep with mm-hmm. them because yes. you want to get the right. You, so it's not just about, cause like people used to ask me like, who is your audience? Like, Oh, you know, women, you know, 25 to 55, everybody, you know, everybody's ready. And then it's like, so then when you learn this, you know, you want to go into, okay, that's just an inch wide, but okay. Now that you know who this woman is, you have to start to defining Mm-hmm. what that person is like and when you start doing that those numbers go way down like you're not it's not this huge span of an age gap but now it's maybe that age gap but they have to all possess these qualities which is the the mile deep piece and so that makes your that niche that's kind of how you're niching yourself down now once you get all that down now you can say okay where is that person that's yeah. how I defined Vanessa I gave my avatar a name so mm-hmm. th- this is Vanessa. I know where Vanessa's going to be. I know what Vanessa yeah. likes. I know when Vanessa's going to look at me like I'm crazy and say, girl, bye. We are not doing that, you know? Uh-huh. So, but you have to get so intimately acquainted with that person. That's Definitely. that's kind of how I feel about the inch wide, mile deep scenario. Like yeah. That's kind of how I like to operate now. It's like, okay. And again, but it goes back to likes, not, uh, dislikes and non-negotiables because mm-hmm. it's who I want to service. So I'm trying to like really determine who that person is and befriend her and help her and, and like be there for her. And, um, but then she dictates what I say, like she, I can't like say you're my friend and then not give you what you asked me for or not provide you what you need. So, um, what you said is the 75% is just such a huge, huge part of defining where you're going to be. And I love that you say, start with one platform and ride that horse excellently. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right. Our last question, because you kind of, you know, I want to sit here and talk to you all day, but (laughs) you know, and we'll get to that in a future date on a future date. Um, But how would you define, again, this is the CEO mindset podcast. How would you define the CEO mess, uh, a CEO mindset. Yeah, that I love that question as well, because I think that there, I think I've defined this differently or seen it differently. And CEOs are perceived sometimes in a certain way by people. Like I saw even a post on my Facebook the other day about how, you know, the top CEOs have made more in the first week of 2021 than people make all year, right? And then in the comment section, you see, oh, this is what's wrong with the world. There's too much money. It's like people sometimes paint CEOs in this bad light, like you're over here and I'm here and, you know, you're immoral and evil, whatever. And I think that sometimes we, there's kind of a subconscious blocking that takes place where we want to dissociate with that kind of an idea of a CEO when it comes to stepping into our own power and ownership when it comes to our own business, right? So for me, I like to think of CEO mindset and being a CEO as ultimately having 
ownership and placing high, high value on your own time and your own freedom and prioritizing that. Like, that's what it means to me. And so whatever, you know, this is what makes it really easy to decide, to decide, you know, what's that like, what's that dislike, what's that non-negotiable. If it aligns, then it's a go. If it doesn't align, if it's not working, especially now that I have a family, you know, if it's not pushing me towards the ultimate goal of having more time, to myself, more mm-hmm. time with my family and more freedom, then it doesn't contribute to me building my, like it's not building my business. And I love it's it. not contributing to that. That's awesome. Anyway, I really appreciate you for being on the show. I think you've given us tons and tons to think about Yay. and to work on in our business. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. I know you are very, very busy as we were talking about prior to the show. But I, I, I just do appreciate you taking time out um, and being one of my new international friends. Oh, in I'm Canada. so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. This is so such an awesome conversation. And like I said before, you're just, you're a ray of sunshine. I appreciate you so much. Aww. So thank you for having me. All right, guys, um, just make sure that you are staying tuned to the CEO Mindset Podcast because we will be having conversations like this all the time and there will be different components and variables to how you can consistently be evolving and staying open to failure let's get that mindset guys and we can be great we can do great things all right thanks for listening everybody remember whether you're the ceo of your life profession or business it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals now let's connect outside of this podcast join me in the show notes where you'll find all of my social media profile information be sure to follow like and comment and engage with me outside of this podcast i look forward to you being with me again next week go out there and get your ceo mindset on